Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled The Secret of Castronegro, and it was written by Mark Pettigrew and Sandy Peterson. It's part of a collection entitled Ghastly Adventures and Erudite Lore. I'm your GM, and this is Episode 6. Tonight, our recap is going to be given by Fred Carter. So, without further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Fred? There's three professors in the group, but somehow I've still found myself as the minority. I really wanted to go out in the hills and look for the monoliths. I'm betting Godfrey was interested in them. Huge stones left by ancient people. Yeah, that's his kind of thing. I was up for a nice hike to try to find the things, but uh, no one was having it. Guys reminded me that with the dense woods, uh, it'll probably be hard to spot. We should try to get some directions from the locals since the books in the library were kind of vague. Uh, Mr. Steele seemed to be regretting dragging all of us up here to Castro Negro. Uh, seems to be a dead end filled with mysteries and unfriendly people. Uh, even Harlow was a bit worried the locals were going to turn on us. Uh, this place is strange. I'll be pretty happy when we leave. Dr. Hisney is uh, itching to get out of that library. Uh, that's normally the right place for him. The longer we dally, uh, less likely we're going to find our friend alive. So he was, he was right. We needed to get moving. Uh, it was about that time we realized Mr. Lane had wandered off. Uh, I'll be damned. Uh, he definitely doesn't seem to like libraries, uh, so it wasn't a stretch for us to assume he wandered back into the inn or maybe the cantina. Either way, it didn't seem important to find him that quick. Uh, he's a grown man, and he's got the means to get what he wants, it would seem. Steele was kind of set to rough up the tobacconist who was all weird about his nephew. I think he thought putting enough stress on him would make his tongue looser. So we kind of split up. Uh, Harlow and I went across the street to the church to try to jibe some information out of the father, and Hisney and Steele went back into that stink hole tobacco shop next door. Father was back in his office again. Uh, the guy seems well read. Uh, he had his nose in a book when we knocked on his door. He was working on the mass, practicing his Latin, I guess. Uh, at least someone here is normal. Uh, well, unfortunately, he didn't know where the monoliths were, just that we could probably find them if we tried. He was a bit more helpful about that number two room, though, back in the library. Uh, he said that the Diaz family used it as a private study. Uh, you know, those folks just don't fit any standards that I know of. Uh, it's kind of cool. They're unique. Uh, but it's also pretty damn frightening considering, well, considering the circumstances that we're in. Uh, Father made a comment to Harlow that the entire Diaz family were interbred with the Valilla de Perez um, Juana, oh, for Pete's sake, the VPs. Uh, English and Spanish names could be so difficult. It'd be nice to encounter more Hopi families. Telling stories like this would be a bit easier if I could pronounce the names. Well, anyways, in addition to their black hair and green eyes, they all seem to share uh, tall stature, big teeth, and uh, Father said, a disposition to becoming hunchbacks. Uh, thanks, Spirit, I can control the, the uh, problems that run in my family. Harlow pressed the Father on why the parish had dissolved. I kind of thought we'd gotten to the bottom of it, but... Uh, it, uh, it seems the father either didn't know or he's just not willing to tell us. Uh, he said something about the church getting cold. Uh, but, you know, in the summer, that would be a draw. So I, I really don't understand. 
Um, I can't recall what Harlow was asking about next, but Father Alonzo suddenly got on to something about how the Dadias and the VP families never attend Mass here, and they're always buried in their family vault. Um, it's up north of town. They don't get normal services either. Uh, apparently, uh, the town doctor, uh, Carlos VP, he does the death certificates and then gets them right into the vaults. Uh, kind of run by their own rules. Come to think of it, I wonder what the doctor thinks of the strong family resemblance and uh, hunchbacks. I wonder if he knows of any other similarities that they share that uh, Father just wouldn't know. Well, we thank the Father and walk back south of the church. Uh, out there, Sam and Hisney were uh, hanging out by the road. Luckily, no bullet holes. Uh, I figured Sam had held back a bit. Uh, as it turns out, that tobacconist uh, actually isn't alone in his place. Uh, there's been other people in the house. Uh, he wouldn't tell Sam anything new, but he did let it slip that he knew a lot more about his missing nephew. He kind of let it slip out under his breath that he wasn't good enough for the family grave. That's pretty telling. Uh, this is an insulated and tight community. Uh, they sure don't want to let you back in once you find your way out. So we were standing there, and Harlow decided he really wanted to go see Latum before himself. We'd all told him about the place, and I guess it is a bit of a curiosity. Uh, the rest of us decided to take a peek at the family tomb. So Hisney and I and uh, Sam, we went up north into the hills, and Harlow went east. Uh, I didn't feel good about it, but we needed to keep on track. There wasn't anything else back at Latumba that I needed to see anyways. Uh, it didn't take us long to spot the vault. Notice it would be pretty obvious if we approached it directly. Uh, the Dedea's place, the big dark house, uh, even higher on the hills, uh, it's kind of overlooking everything. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't yeah, taken uh, better care of. Paint was peeling and it looked a bit of a mess. Uh, it's not the kind of home I'm used to the white Spanish people having. Uh, anyway, we ducked into the woods where Sam and Hisney kind of crashed about and at least I was quiet. Uh, I learned quite a bit about stalking while living on the land as a child. Well, we got up close to the vault, and it was weird. Big surprise, huh? Stuff everywhere around it was twisted and dead, like the ground was poisoned. I've seen poison land before when the army wanted my grandparents to relocate. They poisoned their fields. Nothing would grow. Some of us got sick. I didn't want to get near it. Sam had a bit of nerve, so he slipped up for a closer look. When he got to the tree line, he realized that the house had a direct line of sight down onto the tomb, and the tomb was locked, big old padlock. Uh, he came back. I don't blame him. Uh, from that distance, he could easily get shot, and with some daylight left, he'd be a lot easier to hit than we were last night. At this point, Hisney uh, thinks that it's time to go introduce ourselves at the front door of the Didia's place. As if they were going to invite us in to discuss the impacts of local tourism over a cup of tea. Uh, Luckily, Steele talked him down from that. Uh, we hear some crunching in the woods coming back from the direction of town, and uh, it turns out it's Harlow. Uh, I guess his shopping trip didn't go well. He looked road hard and put away wet. I wanted to know uh, what it got to him, but he dodged us when we asked him about it. He's a pretty tough guy. Uh, it was probably just the afternoon sun that had us overthinking stuff anyways. Uh, he had just walked up the hill to try to find us. Well... It turns out that Harlow wants to talk to Dedeus, too. <sighs> Holy Christ, 
I'm thinking to myself at this point. But at least he's thinking of going through some intermediary. And maybe we can find someone up at the Katina to be our middleman. I kind of think it's not a bad idea. Maybe we have disrespected these people by wandering all over their small town and dropping all kinds of questions about them. Maybe going straight to the real th authorities, the Didias family, would be a good idea. In the daylight, with an intermediary. And of course we need to get up to the canteen anyways, so that's probably where Lane has uh, been the last couple of hours. And we're probably going to have to coax him out of there before he takes a blade in the kidney. Uh, so I just want to find Lane and get inside. It's uh, getting dark quick, and in no way uh, did I want to repeat the friendly welcome we got last night. So we paid our way into the cantina. Uh, a bartender, he proved his worth by serving up drinks and keeping a tight mouth. Lane wasn't in there, so he's probably back at the end making business calls or uh, drinking alone or trying to bang a maid. Before we leave, though, uh, we find an easy mark uh, to try to drag some news from. A white guy who's trashed and has a loud mouth. We got cozy to him, uh, and I had to push yet another drink away. Luckily, the more he drank, the more he talked. Apparently, broken minds spill a whole lot. He half whispered, half yelled about some pretty odd stuff. Well, it'd be anywhere up. It would be odd anywhere else, I guess. There are no straight lines around here. He went on about missing people and sacrifices, some old religious stuff happening in the hills around town, people yelling around fires, and, well, honestly, I couldn't understand him well. There's something about people calling to this thing that would follow them to the shepherd's barn, or maybe it was shepherd's barn. I'm not sure what she meant. And about that point, he went cross-eyed and hit the table, passed out drunk. Across the table, Arlo, he looks to have really been affected by James's story. Yeah, this guy on the table over here, he's James. And, uh, Arlo, hearing about those ceremonies, he definitely went pale and got a bit shaky. So at least now we all agree it's time to get back to the hotel, back out into those streets, into the darkness. All right, Fred. All right, guys, you are in the bar, and uh, Mr. Uh, James uh, Whitlock is uh, passed out in front of you on the bar, and he has said quite a bit. What do you do? That alcohol, it just straight. I, I, we can't leave this guy here. He's yeah, I, I agree. Hotel, right? He's staying I mean, in our hotel. I can't believe the things he just said in front of all of these people. And yeah, we can't leave him here. Uh, I go over to the bartender and say, "Hey." Yeah, this guy over here just passed out. We're going to take him back to the hotel where he's staying. Uh, oh. Anybody got a problem with that? Are we all right there? No, that's that's James. Oh. He's kind of like our town handyman, and he's our town drunk. Okay, so not uh, a big surprise then? Yeah, if you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, I think he stays in room one. 
Yeah, he seemed like he was pretty excitable. We figured maybe we just make sure he, he gets turned in safe for the night. It's like the same thing almost every night. Oh. All right. All right. So that's not a problem. So, um, you're you head back across, uh, just down the street to the hotel, and um, when you go when you when you step inside, uh, Juan is there, Juan Herrera, and he's you know organizing something or putting something away, and he looks up and he says, "Oh." It says you you found James, I see. And he uh he reaches back and gets room number key key number one and tosses it to you. I say to one, is this is this James's normal routine? Yeah, it hasn't always been, but I think in the past month or two, he's just been slowly going downhill. Used to be kind of a handyman around town, and uh, you know, got along pretty well with people. But uh, I don't know, just sort of went downhill. Well, has something kind of upset him? Do you think in the last little while he's not been the same old guy? It could be, could be that. But I don't know. He doesn't uh, doesn't do much talking unless. Uh, He's drunk. Mm. Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm not usually there when he's drunk, so I'm usually here. You must be the hardest working guy in the town. You yeah. always seem to be working when we come through. Yeah, I'm up, I'm up well, it's my business, so, you know. I take it pretty easy working, but 16, 17 hours a day is. Yeah. You know, since you are pretty much here all the time, uh, you know the other gentleman we were driving through, or coming through with, um, you know, the other guy that really liked the drink, Mister Lane. Lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know is he up in his room right now? Is he? Did he come by recently? Well, I haven't seen him come in. I thought he was with you. I um, mean, not recently. He may you have seen him recently. He may have. He may have snuck in while I was in the back room or something. Oh, but I haven't seen him. Okay. When was the last time you saw him? It was earlier today. We were out checking out the town and uh, looking at your nice little library across the way there. Hmm. Well, I hope your friend's okay. You know which room he's in, right? I think we do, yeah. I can't remember which rooms I gave you guys. I probably wrote it down somewhere. Tom, while they're talking, I'm going to go ahead and slip up the upstairs to uh, Lane's room. Okay. With haste. Okay. Oh, actually, what would have happened, and I didn't do it right, was um, Juan would have turned back like this to see if Lane's key was there, and his key is there. Because Mr. Lane's key is here, so I don't know how he would have gotten in his room. There's only one key? Well, he, you know, you guys usually pick up your keys when you come walking in the door. Oh. Uh, he says, why don't you, you check on him? I know he's your friend. And he tosses you the key. 
I say to the guys, you know, maybe he's bailed on us because he was quite concerned after the 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 pot shot that was taken at us, you know. He was talking about leaving the next morning and we kind of talked him into taking taking a look around the town and then he didn't show. But that's a concern considering the the missing people that we're already looking for, guys. I uh I don't take him for being the kind of person that likes to venture off alone though. No. Well, he, he did wander off to the bar alone, didn't he? Wasn't that his, where he was headed? Yeah, I think so. Well, let's check his room anyway. Um, I want to get James up. Um, uh, maybe if one of you professors want to give me a hand, we'll get James into his room. Yeah, and, I will. Uh, let's check uh, Julius's room out as well. A little bit concerning. Okay. Um... When you get up to the 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 stairs up the stairs with uh, Mr. Whitlock, um, his is the door you first come to. Uh, you open up the door, and your first impression is that he lives there. So the room looks lived in. Um, it doesn't look like the maid makes up his room. Probably because it's just ridiculous. Um, he has a lot of tools, um, but they're kind of, he's got kind of like a carrying case with, you know, a, a thing with a bunch of tools in it. But th some of the tools are lying around the room. There's, uh, there's uh, clothes on the floor and the bed is unmade. And it's not dirty. But it's not cared for very well. Uh, who, who's with me with James? Who, who's I am. coming in? Um, I see. Let's get him on the bed just now, and I want to take a little scout about. I want to check if there's any. I don't know anything he was reading or any any kind of evidence of what he's been doing apart from any handiwork. Yeah, I don't think there's any harm in us kind of poking around to see if we can substantiate what he was telling us. You know, maybe he's got something weird up here that kind of point, you know, maybe give us a little bit more information about what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, I'll get him up on the bed here. I'll take off his shoes if you want to start looking. I'll just get him in over, rolled over here. I, I have a little, I have a little poke about, you know, side cabinet or whatever, a table, anything. To just give us a picture, maybe, of where he's come from or what he's doing. Okay. Um, well, be specific for me. You know, he's got a bed. He's got a, a kind of a dresser drawers. Uh, there's not really a closet. There's some hooks on the wall where he's got a, a coat hung up. Um, there's a desk uh, with, you know, the usual stuff you'd see in the thing. And a couple of chairs. Okay, so, uh, so I'm going to check the pockets of of maybe the coats and jackets just quickly. Uh, I want to see if there's maybe a letter or a family member to give us an idea of what he's doing in the town, how long he's been here, that kind of thing, or if he's written any correspondence, or maybe even if there's something like a newspaper that's, you know, something that he's been dwelling on or a book, you know. Okay. Um, you do notice that there is a newspaper in the trash can. And it's the same newspaper 
that had the information about the cattle mutilations and the Montoya farm. Um, but in his pockets and clothes, all you find is loose change and things like that. Not very much. A few pennies, a few nickels. Um, that's clothing and... Uh, uh, well, when you say check his, you're checking his pockets in his pockets that he's wearing. Yeah, and, yeah. no, it's not. Well, I wasn't particularly, but I'm thinking anything, you know, a coat hanging up or something like that. Right. Yeah, you don't find anything more than that. I I kind of like the pad around the bed. Look around the edge of the bed if it's pressed up against the wall. Maybe around the the pillow. Lift the mattress a little bit if I can. Okay. Uh, see what's underneath there. See if there's any. Again, I'm more looking for like documentations or a photograph of anything that might just give us a an indication of what he's dwelling on or focused on. Now, I assume that you guys have laid him on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you don't really find anything. You're you're looking around. Um. And then on the. Um, Right where he's laying, underneath the mattress, you find a dirty magazine. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the, can you we, actually flip through the pages, or are they all stuck together? <laughs> well, nobody masturbated in 1920s. Oh, okay. So that was that was just never done by it was not an issue on there. the planet. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's probably you know, Victorian juggies. <laughs> There's no other slips of paper or anything in the book, though. Women have this much of their neck exposed and this much of their arms. All those hussies. Yeah. <laughs> that um, one almost looks like she's showing an elbow. <laughs> um. So you still got like the desk, and you've got the dresser drawers, and that's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Check the desk drawers if there's anything. There. I'm really thinking, you know, why is he here? How long has he been here? Or is our family somewhere else? Or is he just a loner? You know, is he out here on his own? Um, do a spot hidden. Success. Okay. When you pull out the drawers, there's junk in them. There's pencils and pens and and uh Various little things, and you know, more more spare change and paper clips and and shit. But something rattles in the back of the the drawer when you pull it out, and you can see there's something back there. And as you reach in and pull it out, it's one of those statues, those little figurines. Hmm. But this one seems to be made out of that greenish material that you saw over at the antique place. I look at the one that's in my pocket when he when he, he I imagine he pulls it out of the drawer mm -hmm. so I can see he found it. I look at the one in the pocket. Does it look like it was like the same size even? Like uh pretty much kind of made it okay. Yeah. That's odd. Seems like everybody has one of these things. Yeah, I kind of find it strange because uh James was more than nervous, I would say, about the town, although he obviously accepts what's going on, but yeah. Yeah, it seems to have an influence. Not sure what to make of that. I don't know, but Mr. Lane's got five or six more of them, so if they're uh, 
Yeah. They're popular. Maybe he's going to have some his some money on his hands there. I think for sure we need to keep an eye on James and, and see maybe when he's a little bit more sober, if uh, he can give us a little, some more information in a kind of sensible manner. You know, talking about things, taking people away, it's a bit ridiculous really, you know. But obviously there's something going on in the town that's really spooked him. All right. Um, for whoever's going to Mr. Lane's room, um, you open the door and all of Mr. Lane's things are there. But no Mr. Lane. I have to wait a little bit because I didn't get the key. They have the key and they... Oh. Okay. Yeah. They, they would have been separate keys. Um, all right. Well, that's what's going to happen. So. <laughs> okay. No problem. Before they come with the key, is there anything about the door or anything going on with the door that, uh, other than it's locked, that uh, mm -mm. strikes me as unusual? Nothing at all. Okay. It doesn't look like he's been here since we since you guys left the, this morning. So we we get back to you and pretty much yeah things look kind of normal in there. I think he's not making anything up. He is a handyman of some sorts and he's into these uh collectible figurine things too he's got one of them in his room but yeah, i don't know here you sorry i took the key i hand you the key okay I, i'll go ahead and get the key out of him and go to the room and check it out yeah nothing did he purchase those statues today? Do you all recall? Uh, the day before. Okay. Yeah, I think today is still Monday, and we purchased them on Sunday. Okay. Um, you see the, the, the statues. He's got them sitting on his desk, um, just sort of, all, all, I forget how many he bought, but they're all sitting there. Kind of in a little circle. Are they he, facing one another? Did he buy more than one? I forget. Yeah, there was a small crate of them that he got. And then I took one of them out of the crate. I asked him if I could carry one around to kind of check it out and study right. it. I think it was um, five or six. Five or yeah, six. They're, all, they're all facing one another. Could you describe them again? Do they look like animals or humans or? Well, there's kind of elements of both there. There, um, if if I were to, as a outside of the game, if I were to describe them, they would look sort of like guardian spirits with tusks and uh, and uh, you know, sort of fangs and. Uh, uh, decorations all over them with you know um if you were to see like a temple temple guardians or something like that um except in this case they're all this dark greenish stone that feels oily when you touch it do they look all different or are they the same figure over and over well when you first looked at them you thought they were all identical but they're a little bit different. They're definitely hand carved. So 
there are there are slight differences. Each one is a little bit unique compared to the others, but they're similar. These things are really creepy. And you guys haven't seen anything like these before, have you? In your travels. I mean, not like this, but it's really not uncommon for a culture to have, uh, you know, small idols or um, art of, you know, items like this as part of, you know, as part of their traditions. I mean, even yeah, even the Hopi people that I'm from have, you know, a, a sort of thing. Um, you guys would call it like a doll, but Kachinas. you know, it, Kachinas. Exactly. Right. I'm not supposed to be interjecting information. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. uh but yeah, so you know, I I wouldn't call them Kachina dolls, but that's you know what you, um, you know, maybe other people would refer to them as, and they uh, so it's not really an uncommon thing. And, uh, I think we made some rolls the other day when we first saw them, and we weren't really able to identify what they were other than a general area they were from. Right. I still say they're pretty creepy. Did, did does it not does it not strike you, learn a gentleman that that. In this particular area, it's almost like they have a unique culture just down here in Castro Negro. You know, they've got this kind of Eastern influence that is not really anywhere around about any areas nearby. They've got these strange dolls, little ornaments. It seemed, it, and remember the story of the tribe? There was a tribe that was unrelated to the other Indian tribes as well. There was the unrelated tribe. And then we've got the Span the heavy Spanish influence that moved in, which most of those people now seem to have some sort of connection to or affinity for Balinese sculpture, you know, or, 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 or Eurasian, not Eurasian, but maybe Pan-Asian sculptures. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can't see a connection between it all. We're talking about opposite sides of the world between Spain and, um, and Asia. Well, I got kind of a... Uh how it was put to me when I went to Latumba. I talked with the owner there. Uh, he seemed pretty forthcoming on a lot of things, although he did seem a little, little tight-lipped on others. But one thing that he um, he told me was uh, that he, he, like his dad, dad was in, involved in uh, import-export business and trade, and a lot of the stuff they got in um, – while they got in specific items, um, they also got in a lot of um, stuff that was kind of like thrown in. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I get this item, this item, this item, and they threw in all these Asian statues. And because it's import, export, and curiosities and stuff, and uh, you know, either either from what he told me, either some of the stuff was purposely bought or was stuff that was thrown in on orders that he's trying to. Uh, for lack of a better term, unload uh, via his business. So there is an, an explanation here from what I've been told. Now, I'm not saying that you guys are wrong in this too, because there is indications here from what I've seen that there is definitely some kind of gravi gravitation to these uh, Asian uh, artifacts. And um, it is interesting. It is very... Yeah, um, let's try and find Julius here, and uh, when we get get him found, I'll tell you about the book I got from from the gentleman. You know, he he's 
he's not in the bar, and he's not here, which seemed to me to be the two most likely places um, that he was going to turn up at. You think there's any chance he got himself arrested? I think we should maybe call a call on that uh, that lawman that was here before. Yeah, um, that might not be such a bad idea there. Actually, uh, may I suggest that I go and talk with him since I haven't had any direct uh, uh, communication with the local uh, law enforcement here? Uh, perhaps my credentials will help uh, yeah. smooth a few things over, especially if uh, Julius is in the in the jail. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea, Harlow. Just be warned that as of this morning, he was expecting us to leave town. So, okay. Uh, so he, he, so he told you guys to leave town. We were supposed to leave this morning. Hmm. No, it's currently late, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We wandered up to that bar somewhere around nightfall. And so if we spend an hour or so in there, then yeah, it's, Late for a town like this. Well, I th so this might still be an idea. You know, we could always call down from the hotel, or or we check in in the morning. Or, or I think you're right, Harlow. I think it'd be best if you did because uh, the sheriff didn't really like us. No problem. I'll t I'll I'll take care of the sheriff. Yeah, do you want one of my guns? Got you know, one of my own. Okay. But I appreciate the offer. Well, maybe we should turn in for the night, guys, and uh, try and speak to James in the morning to clarify some of this. He, he's talked a lot about this shepherd's barn. We can maybe find out what that is or what that means. But... Uh, well, before we before we turn in, let me let me get this straight. I heard something in the conversations about the sheriff um, wanting us out of town, or something, or we're supposed to be gone. Yeah, yeah. The because according to him, all the all the visitors are the ones that cause the trouble, not the townspeople. So it was our fault that we were shot at the other night. Mm-hmm. So we we were causing trouble because it was with some of us had had a drink and we had been shot at. Work that one out. Okay. Well, while you guys are turning in, I'm going to go have pay the sheriff a visit and try and smooth some things over. At least give us enough time to have another night's sleep before, if we have to leave tomorrow. Uh... Just to be clear, we were shot at last night. You're going to go out in the night at long? Unless somebody wants to come with me. Can't, we, can we try to call... Uh... Call the sheriff. Have him come here. He came here last time. Or do you think that's the wrong terms to meet him on? Well, why don't we just call the, the sheriff's office and say, have you got Julius Layden locked up? Or ask the hotel owner, Juan, to call him and just check in to say Julius is missing from his room. Uh, did he turn up drunk or something? That keeps us out of it. Okay, I'll talk with Juan about making connections. If there is a phone connection to the sheriff, then I'll I'll use the phone connection as opposed to going out. Okay. All right. 
So you go downstairs, and Juan is just sort of getting ready to close up the counter for the evening. And uh, he uh, he says, uh, "Mr. Uh, Doctor Harlow, what can I do for you?" Hey, Juan. Um, hey, um, is the uh, is the, is the sheriff's office hooked up for the telephone service? Uh, is there a problem? You need me to call the the. Yeah, I I, I would like to talk with the sheriff if I could here. Um, about your friend because uh, Mr. Lane uh, apparently is missing. All right. And I want to talk with him and see if he knows what's up, or if by some reason he's taken Mr. Lane into the jail for one reason or another. Tell you what, I'll help smooth that over for you. Okay. So he gets the phone and he calls, and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, you, you hear him sit there for a second, and he's like, uh, yeah, hi. Um, hold on just one second. Uh, he says, uh, Fred. Um, this is uh, Juan over at uh, the hotel. Yes, uh, good evening to you too. Um, one of my uh, people who's been staying here has gone missing. Uh, Mister uh, Julius Lane is he by chance there at the at the jail? He's not. He's not there. Um, his friends say that he saw him, he was with them earlier in the day, and then he seems to have wandered off, and now he's not in his room, and uh, you said that he wasn't over at Sancho's. Uh, uh, the doctor, uh, Dr. Robert Harlow is here telling me this. Oh, hold on. So he hands you the phone. Hello, this is Dr. Harlow. Mr. Harlow, this is uh this is Sheriff Fred Garcia. Um Hi, Sheriff Garcia. How are you doing today? Well, <clears throat> you said your friend wandered off. Yes, he uh, apparently wandered off to to parts unknown. We don't know where he's at right now. And we're a little bit concerned, especially with everything that's been going on and we just want to make sure he's all right, so that we can uh, we can uh, facilitate our, our gathering and 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 uh, heading out for for the morning. Is your uh, friend a drinking man? He is, and the first place we did check for him was uh, Sancho's. Unfortunately, um, he was not there. Are you with that other group that I spoke to this morning over at the hotel? Uh, regretfully, yes, I am with, with them uh, right, out, well. of, uh, out of uh, desperation and looking for our, not only uh, Mr. Uh, Lane's uh, <clears throat> uh, family member, but uh, one of our professors, too. You know, I I told you all that I didn't want you guys to bring any trouble to this town. And if your friend's wandering around drunk somewhere, um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do a sweep of the town. I'm going to see if I can find him. And then I'm going to bring him back there to the hotel. But you got to... I, I would strongly suggest that you, you you get your business done and leave. That is our intention, sir. Uh, I don't. Uh, I personally don't wish to cause you any trouble. And uh, truthfully, even though my friends have 
been kind of problematic in their actions and stuff. They too wish not to cause any further trouble. We've been discussing and we're we're discussing as soon as we find Mr. Lane and having a good night's sleep. We'll be out in the morning. What room are you staying in? Um you know, quite quite frankly, I don't remember. I uh briefly there. Um yeah, hold on. Um I assigned you guys uh the rooms that were available. Cabrera Hotel, hold on. Uh, um, rooms one, two, and three are occupied four through ten. So say four, five, six, seven. Um, eight. room six. Okay. All right, room six. Um, I will probably uh, yeah. I will bring him there. If I find him, if I don't find him, I will drop by and, uh, and tell you. No problem, sir. Thank you very much. Sir. Say, thank you very much. Give me about an hour. Okay. You betcha, sir. Okay. And I do, again, I do apologize. I understand that my, my compatriots might be a little bit headstrong in their, uh, well, in their, in their apologies in, intentions and stuff. All right. Thank you. I Pardon, will, sir? I'll, I'll, I'll I'll get back to you. Thanks. Okay. Click. No problem. Have a good evening. Sir. Well, hopefully he'll be able to find him. One says to you. Um, he's probably, if he's drunk, he's probably in an alleyway or something. And there aren't many, so he should find him. All right. So, I assume then you go back upstairs. Um, yeah. All right. So before before you go to bed, um, about an hour goes by, and from inside your room, you can hear somebody come up the stairs, and they have kind of heavy shoes. And as they, it comes right to uh, Doctor Harlow's door. And there's a rather sharp knock. Mr. Har Dr. Harlow. I'm going over and op uh, carefully opening the door. Um, just enough to see, but not enough to fully open it. Right. And it's uh, the sheriff. And he says, uh, Mr. Harlow, I'm... Uh, I keep changing my pages. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Fred Garcia. He's not, he's not laughing. I'm uh, Fred Garcia. I uh, did a sweep of the town, but I didn't see your friend. Could he open have the door? And... Could he have left? Uh, open the door. Um, don't think so, sir. Uh, he left. Uh, he left uh, his his stuff with us here. Um, he, uh, if he was going to leave, he would have taken his uh, his belongings with him. You people are so much trouble when you come into my town, and then you get lost. You get lost in a town with uh, barely 300 people in it. Um, well, there's not much point in searching tonight. It's pitch black outside. All right. Um, I will, uh, I'll contact you in the morning and uh, I'll keep my eye out. Hopefully your friend will just wander back in town. That's what we're hoping. Um, but in the meantime, if there's anything we could do to facilitate, um, a resolution to this, sir. I'm more than happy to help you out here. 
I happen to actually work with the uh, Albuquerque Police Department myself as a consultant. And uh, do you? Yes. Any more pot shots? You I hope not. That I was told. No, no, we're, we we haven't had any any further incidents, sir. All right, you haven't been bothering people in the town, huh? No, sir. No, I have not. I have not been bothering people in the town. I have. Could I, uh, could I just see your credentials, please? You betcha, sir. I handed my credentials. Okay. Including my paperwork from the Albuquerque Police Department. Says, well, everything seems to uh, be in order here. Maybe I misjudged mm -hmm. you. We get a lot of uh, troublemakers show up in this town. And from what I've seen, I can understand that, sir. Um, so I do understand where you're coming from. All right. Well, I hope you find your friend, and I will keep my eye open. No problem. And if uh, I can be of any further assistance to you or my friends, uh, just please let me know. And I'd be and he, more than he, happy to help out. And he gives he shakes your hand. I don't know if cops shake your hand or not, but oh, they do. He shakes shake, your hand. Guys shake back with a with a nice firm grip and look in the eyes. Okay. And smile. I would like you to do a psychology poll. Okay. Nope. Didn't make it. All right. Everything seemed perfectly fine. Yep. Seems that way. <laughs> Sorry. Darn my my face. Um, all right, folks. Um, all right, so y'all go to sleep. I'd like you all to do power rolls. Hard success. Okay. I feel success. Sales? Yes. Okay. So only one failure. Um. In that case, I'd like you all to mute except for Ken. <laughs> And I will give you a thumbs up when I want you to come back. Oh, I'm sorry. Why did I say mute? I want you to take your earphones off and I will give you a thumbs up when it's time to come back. Except for Ken. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I keep saying it. Uh, take your earphones off and I'll give you a thumbs up when I'm ready. All right. So, Ken, you fall asleep, and as a detective, you keep going over and over again all of these little details, and you drift off into sleep, and you find yourself at some point standing in the middle of the woods, and it's dark, and off in the distance, you can see flickering firelight and as you move towards it, you can hear horrible noises. They sound like a cross between, you know, humans screeching and animals grunting and, and roaring. 
And as you come up, you see, you, you, you come to this clearing and there is a huge black stone in the center and these strange creatures dancing around it. Um, they're naked and they're hairy and they're covered in black hair and they have flaming green eyes. And you're not sure if they're human or or dog-like or they're they're definitely not human. And they screech and they dance and they they sort of chant as they dance around this this black rock. And then you step on a twig and it makes a cracking noise and they all of a sudden stop and turn and look at you. And the next thing they're chasing after you and you're running as fast as you can through the dark woods, but you can't see where you're going and you know, they're coming up behind you and you know that they're about to catch you. And just as something grabs you by the shoulder, you wake up with a start on the bed and you're you're completely profusely sweating and you you almost jumped completely out of the bed when it happened and you give a, a an outraged call you know just, ah and uh do a sanity roll oh fail okay do a 1d4 sanity and within a few minutes you can't clearly remember any of the details, but you remember you being being chased, and you remember seeing something horrible. So I can't remember the creatures, but I just knew you, you, something. you can't quite. You remember there were monsters of some sort, but what they looked like and the, and the details of them, except maybe the green eyes. Um, and and then you're you're. You have difficulty all night long trying to get back to sleep. Okay. Uh, do I wake up in the middle of the night? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I'm feeling restless, I get the, my guns, put them in. Okay. Could could I maybe take a stroll while while the place is quiet and just listen in in James's room, see if there's any noise coming from his room? Okay. You don't hear anything. You can all come back. All right, the rest of you, you have rather restless sleep. Something, something bothers you. Something about this whole situation doesn't seem right. Where is Julius? What, what is going on in this crazy town? And you toss and turn, but you can't remember anything that you had. You think you might have had bad dreams, but you don't remember what they are. And you all sort of wake up sweating and uh not have kind of achy all over you haven't had a really good sleep but other than that uh you wake up in the morning so now it's, it's now about seven o'clock a.m uh i need to get across the street to the the morning mass Okay. I didn't attend a mass yesterday, and uh, quite honestly, I want to see if this priest mass is up to snuff. Tim. Does anybody want to go with me? Service is probably no longer than 40 minutes for a small crowd. Go ahead. I 
had quite the night. Oh, oh man! I don't I only had one to. shot of tequila. I don't want to, but I will go with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was the drink. I I didn't sleep well. Mm. Oh, maybe it's hotter up here than it is down in the city. I'm not sure. Tell you what, why don't you guys go and I'll go ahead and fuck around and see if there's any word on Julius. Okay. Um, you end up, you go across the street to Mass and there's nobody else in there but you and the priest um, does Mass all in Latin. It is pre-Vatican II. Um, but everything seems fine. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm satisfied that I got to attend. And, uh, you know, I guess he is up to snuff after all. I, I thank him. I make sure I put, uh, a, like, a very nice tie then. Uh, I'll, I'll put at least uh, five bucks, you know, down for him. Oh, okay. So, just a offering for the church. Um. And I do ask him while we're there, uh, you know, ha you know, have you seen Julius Lane, the, the the wealthy man that's been traveling with us? Your your friend with the money. Yeah, no, I haven't seen him. Could you possibly drop word over at the inn if you if you do see him? We're very concerned. We haven't seen him since yesterday, and I always like him to kind of wander off. Certainly, yeah. All right. For all I know, he just got drunk and fell in a ditch somewhere. But you know, hopefully, he turns up this morning. Um, Dr. Harlow, you go over to the, the police station and, um, the sheriff isn't in yet this morning. He usually gets in around nine 30 or 10. Okay. Uh, deputy in or there doesn't seem to be a deputy. So. Okay. All right. No problem. They just don't um, have that much things going on. So somebody would call him at home if there was something bad that case i'm just going to kind of wander around close to uh uh sanchez there and kind of look around the area just in case if uh, julius might have ended up in the proverbial gutter as it were drunk the morning's a little chilly and it's a little wet just uh the dew on the ground there's a little bit of mist hanging in the air um it gives the town kind of a a dreamlike sort of feeling uh Everything is distant and gray. Um, but other than that, what would you like to do? Well, if I don't come up with any sign of Julius there, I'm going to head back over to the, to the hotel. You don't see anything. Okay. Heading back over to the hotel, meet up with everybody else. Okay. <clears throat> and is that everybody else? You're all going to head back to the hotel then? All right. Um, everybody except for the detective do a spot hidden. Oh, yeah. It's a hard success. Those of you who succeeded, you seem to notice that... Um, that Sam doesn't seem to be up to snuff this morning. He's uh, usually pretty talkative and pretty and going over things, but 
he seems a little pale and he seems like almost like he's developing some sort of a nervous tick. You know. Mr. Steele, you or you feeling okay? Did you get a chance to get breakfast this morning? No, I was just thinking of getting some breakfast. I had a rough night last night. Did, did you, you you didn't go back think, out after we after we finished up with uh Getting James no. up into his room, did we? No, I had a terrible night's sleep. Crazy dreams. I don't know. Really disturbed me. This place is beginning to get under my skin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, from, from you know, maybe, your, a, maybe a cold shower, just something to help, help you reset. I know it was warm last night. I didn't sleep very well either. Yeah, I've already freshened up, but I've... Could be bothered shaving today, but um, I think we should all get some breakfast and have a chat and decide what we're going to do. How's that sound? I agree. Uh, I have a few things to share on my part there. I don't know if they'll make the morning any better, but I think considering that uh, we've been having some restless times, we need to talk about it. Yeah, if it's about that book, Professor, I don't think it will make me feel any better, but we need to do, we need to get our, our, hands on what is going on in this town and either that or we need to move on and find something else but we've, we've certainly got some things to talk about i would like to i'd like to use the phone here if they if if uh if he'll let us to call back to um mr lane's house down in in silver city i, I, I wondered if julius just went back there had it he got sick of it went back to his brother's place and leave his but, stuff but, uh, huh and leave his stuff. Yeah, you're, you're kind of right at that point. He's pretty attached to stuff. And I and it's being a blowhard as he is. I, I hesitate to use the term, but I must. Um, he would have let us know that he's gone. You know, he's the kind of guy who would say, uh, "Screw you guys, I'm going home." You know, he likes to announce it when he walks in the room and announce it when he leaves. Exactly, and uh, we're getting no announcement. So I rather concerned about this situation to be honest okay well i'll definitely take your lead on that i was just mm -hmm. you know, trying to come up no, with anything we, i could it's about all we can do yeah um, so i wonder what he's what he's fixing up for breakfast hopefully it's got some eggs uh i'd like you guys to do an idea roll first for you you're, you're walking toward back towards the hotel sam's in Clueless, keeping an eye on these guys. Anybody make it? Uh, yeah, that, that's just uh, intelligence, right? Just intelligence, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got 35 out of 80. Okay. There's, there's something that Julius said while you were traveling uh, that, 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 that clicks in your mind. Now, he may have not said it in the game, but it's something that I discussed with him before the game started. Um, he normally has a valet or valet, whatever you want to call it, um, who does everything for him, an assistant. And when he heard that his cousin was missing, he just got in his car and left. And normally he wouldn't have even driven the car uh, to Albuquerque. He would have had his valet do it, but he just just left um 
he's also talks about uh, you you said a moment ago that he values things and the thing is is that he seems to Thank you, David. <laughs> he seems to value money. So all of the stuff that's in his room right now, he could just buy more. You know, there's nothing that seems so personal. There's clothes and there's whatever he brought with him. But heck, if he had a car here, he could have left his car here and just go buy another one. That's that's his attitude. So I'm just saying that that's really a stronger possibility now that you think of it that he could have just left. And breakfast does have eggs. Well, I will definitely bring that up, and I'll I'll mention you know that you know there was that thing he was talking about on the ride in the car. It might have been even before he got sick after we ate at that diner. Uh, leaving Albuquerque, but he mentioned something about having a valet around all the time to clean up after him and take care of every little detail and about how he just took off and came down here. It just, uh, you know, maybe that really is his thing when he's put on edge and he just goes and doesn't loop everybody in because he's, that's uh, the way he likes to be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that, but, you know, plus that whatever's up in the room, it, it, Except for maybe the, the, the statues that probably could be replaced. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I still think he would have said something to me anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, having employed me, but yeah, he's kind of a. Uh, yeah, he could have done that. So, um, it's possible. When Julius. Well, that's it. Go ahead. Well, I, I, or rather, it's Juan that's the innkeeper, right? Correct. Yeah. When Juan's bringing out breakfast, I'm going to ask him, hey, Juan, you ever, uh, you have a place called, it was, was it Peasants? No. Uh, Shepherd's Barn? Was there someone in town named Shepherd? The last name? Shepherd's Barn. Yeah. <sighs> There used to be an old homestead. Um, uh, I think it's kind of south from here. Uh, I think that it was a shepherd's. It was like a small farm, but I don't think anybody's lived out there for years and years. Oh, okay. Was it? Was it? Was the? Was he actually a, a shepherd by trade? Was he? Did he have sheep or? No, I think that was his last name. All right, so the opposite side of town than the uh, than the Diaz's place. Uh, okay. Yeah, kind of out in the woods, I think. I don't really know. You you ask the question; it's kind of an offhanded question. The name no, okay. sounds just vaguely familiar to me. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to go down a weird tangent with you. You know, we're we're here poking around trying to find some of our friends. We heard somebody mention the place last night at the bar and. Right. Just thought, well, maybe that's somewhere we hadn't been yet. And if it's, you know, if the guy is still in the business of ranching or if we didn't know if it was an actual shepherd by trade or shepherd by name, which truly didn't know, but it was just something we were trying to, to wrap our arms around. So I apologize for the distraction. Thank you for another good meal. I'm not sure that sheep would do really good in this kind of climate. 
you're kind of hot. <laughs> Actually, they did pretty good. It's just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Except, although in the upper parts of the Gila and stuff, there's not a lot of grass for them. So, and it is uh, forest land, so they wouldn't be very few uh, private ranchers and stuff up there. That's more BLM stuff, but the BLM's in its infancy there. So, and the more grazing lands would be lower off the the forest in the mountain areas. Let's see. Scan. Uh, uh, Sam has a scan round about the the kind of breakfast area. Is James around here? Um, you haven't drum. heard a word from James upstairs. Okay, guys. Well, why don't we? T I mean, that that's interesting. That uh, there is a place called the Shepherd's Barn somewhere in the woods. Did he say? So um, we can maybe try and check that out. Maybe your priest across the road will be able to tell us where that is. Yeah, it's probably, he, he might be able to. I honestly forgot to ask him when we were over there. I just asked him about Julius. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, even though we were kind of curious if he was doing anything weird with the service, uh, things checked out just fine. I mean, I, w I was pleased. That's the traditional service as far as I know it. So uh, he, didn't he didn't take you up the stairs to kiss the Statue of Death, no? No. No, nothing, nothing strange like that. The uh, yeah, the that sacrament thing. was white. He wasn't feeding us, you know. He wasn't feeding us black sacrament. So that this town guys is creeping me out. That statue really gave me the willies, you know. Um, I don't know what it is about this town, but there's something off about the, everybody here. I'll be it's like the, the it's like the weird it. four corners of the world all pulled together right here. Yeah. So I remember they were talking about, um, or sorry, James was talking about, and we'll maybe go up and check on him, see if he's around. Uh, some kind of, was it some kind of standing stones or something? And uh, we've got the shepherd's barn. What that has got to do with our good Professor Godfrey or David Lane, I've no idea, but. Uh, it might help us understand what's going on in the town. Uh, Mr. Steele, when you started working with uh, uh, with Julius, did he ever give you a, a home number or his number for where his personal valet, you know, might be able to be reached? Is it possible he's he's touched base with him? Yeah, he gave me his card. I could uh, get one to help us out and give the place a call. Yeah, yeah, maybe one could make a call, a call for us just to kind of touch base and see if he's in. Mm -hmm. uh, that that might be just one, you know, one more road to go down. Um, what's the date? Do we remember the date now? Today is Tuesday, the sixth of October. I think the bus, we had details on the bus. Uh, I don't think the bus runs today. I'm just thinking that he wouldn't have been able to. Here we go. The bus goes... Uh, 
the bus goes from Silver City uh, to Castro Negro on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. and arrives at 10 a.m. It then leaves Castro Negro on Wednesday at 8 a.m. and arrives in Silver City at 10 a.m. So there's been no bus for the last couple of days. The bus leaves tomorrow. So Lane couldn't have taken the bus. No, but with, with the right amount of money, he could have called someone and had someone come out here and get him in the middle of the night. He's that's, known for... That's true. Or in the middle of the day, rather, yesterday. Um, uh, I'll just I'll just sort of gloss over it. You you ask Juan, or, or one of you does it, uh, you, you manage to get a hold of his valet, valet Mick would say valet, um, and uh, he hasn't seen him or heard from him. Uh, I excuse myself from the kind of breakfast table and I go and check uh, at James's door, give him a chat to see if he's around, knock the door. Okay. Uh, you knock on the door and at first there's no answer. Uh, then you sort of hear some stumbling around inside the room and you hear a, uh, you hear his voice and he's like, what, what? I said, James, come on, we'll treat you to breakfast. Come on downstairs. We brought you Who home the last hell night. How are you? Who is that? It's Sam, your new best friend. We brought you home last night. And there's more fumbling around, and then the door sort of opens up, and he's still in the same state that he was last night as far as dress or undress. And he looks at me, he's like, Who the hell are you? I remember we drank together last night. <sighs> We were sharing I've, got, I've got a really bad hangover. I don't want no breakfast. What did we talk about? All sorts of crap last night. You were talking about the the uh, shepherd's barn and okay. The stuff. second you see that, this look just he he this look comes over his face. He turns pale, and he's like, "Oh fuck." And he slams the door in your face. Well, as he does that, I try and grab the door and stop him from shutting it. Well, shutting he had only door. had it open a little bit, so he just okay. sleeps on it and slams it shut. And now you hear a lot more stumbling around inside the room. As I, I shout through the door, James, you need to open this door for your own protection. Let me in right now. <clears throat> um, do a listen roll. No, feel. Okay. You can hear him muttering to himself, probably obscenities. I rattle the door again, forcefully. Go away, you hear him say. James, we need to talk right now. It's important. I try and persuade him or even intimidate, whatever, through through the door. (laughs) Is there any chance that Sam could be lucky enough to have still pocketed the key from last night? I don't know. Could Sam be lucky enough to pocket the key last night? I think you would have returned it downstairs to... No, you, you probably would have left it. You would have been decent. You would have left it on the desk inside the room and closed the door as you went out. You know Sam well. Yeah. That makes sense. 
I really try and be persistent. I want to get a hold of James. I know he knows something, even if he's a bit confused about it. But um, well, how long are you going to stand there? You can hear him doing stuff in the room. He's on the ground floor, yeah. Is he on the ground floor or upstairs? No, he's upstairs where you guys are. Okay. There's there's no rooms on the fir- on the ground floor. All of your rooms are ones flight up. I barge the door in. Oh, okay. To a strength roll. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a fail. <laughs> slight, a slight fail. Okay, you you smash your arm on onto the door and it hurts. Um, <laughs> and as soon as as soon as you do that, he starts shouting, "Go away! Go away!" And um, you hear. Uh, Definitely, like, tools or something dropping on the ground. And, like, like maybe that whole bag full of tools falls on the ground. And uh, then it goes strangely silent. Like, uh, like they're like- scuffling and then there's no sound at all. Like he's not in the room. Right. Or he's passed out or you don't hear any more movement. I try the door one more time. I I, get, I put my foot to the door and force it as best I can. Okay. Go ahead and do another strength roll. Uh, extreme success. <laughs> it just unlocks and swings open just before you hit it. <laughs> run into the room. No, it, it this time you, you you damaged the lock first and now you've popped the lock. The the door swings open and you can see that he grabbed some stuff and probably stuffed it in a case and he's climbed out the window. Okay, I try and um, follow. I try and try and chase him down. Well when you look out the window you can see that he jumped down to the ground level and he's probably at the moment about 30 feet away and he's running. Um, he's actually running uh, down Church Street. Damn. Um, There's no way I'm going to catch him, is there? <laughs> Okay, I go for it. I jump out. <laughs> I jump. Oh, you're gonna try to jump out too? Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go for it. Do a I don't want to roll. Lose. If we lose him now, oh, extreme success! Come on. Ah, uh, you do one of those lands where you land like you know. There's like there's a like kind Iron of noise. All right, you hit the ground and you hit the ground running, and you're chasing after him. Um. You're sober. He's he's hungover. 
Um, go ahead and do a luck roll. I'll do the same thing. Oh, jeez. Where's my luck going? All right. Okay. Oh, bad fail. Yeah, and he he succeeded with a hard success. Damn. So somehow he dodges down an alley and down another alley, and by the time you get there, you don't know which direction he's gone. Um, Sam, Sam stands out of puff for a while, and then defeated walks back to the... Before you walk back, do a spot hidden roll for me. Oh, seriously? I feel. Um, can I put some luck to that? Um, or not? How how much did you fail it by? <laughs> no, in second thoughts, I wouldn't bother. About nine points, forget it. I'll let you push it. If you, okay. yeah, yeah, I want to push it. If you yeah. fail, something I'm not so great is going to happen. Okay, I've I've got a good luck. Oh, good success. Okay, twenty twenty three. As you're standing there, panting, looking down the alley, um, a light breeze sort of comes up. And a piece of cloth, a small piece of cloth, um, flutters up. It's white, and it, it, it sort of lands against your foot. And when you look down, it is a handkerchief with the monogrammed initials uh, JL. Sounds like I look in the direction of the, the blowing wind. Just down Church Street. Yeah, I just head down. I carry on, head down. Well, that would be heading back towards the hotel. Oh, oh, back the way. Oh, it's coming from that direction. Yeah. Um, you don't see anything, but did you pick up the cloth? Sure. Yeah, have a look okay. at it. It's a handkerchief. A man's with handkerchief a, with JL monogrammed onto it, and there is a little bit of blood. You're pretty sure on it. J.L. What was James' second name again? Whitlock? Yes, James Whitlock. Julius Lane. Okay, damn. Damn, damn, damn. Okay, I head back to the hotel quickly. Okay. So so Sam walks in looking bedraggled in the main entrance. (laughs) And everybody's kind of surprised because... And you went upstairs. How did you get down here? All right. What the heck happened? Uh, I tell the guys what happened. I, I told them. Uh, I, I told them that uh, as soon as I mentioned the shepherd's barn, uh, James went cuckoo, panicked, went pale. And I tell them the whole story. And then I say, look, guys, I've got some really concerning news. I've just found one of Julius's handkerchiefs. With blood oh, on geez. it. We need to be very careful. Somebody's wanting rid of us here. Mm. 
it looks like I might not be getting paid for this job, which is going to be a real bummer. Gentlemen, may I suggest we uh, retire to somewhere a little bit more private? Sure. Okay. So where are you going to go? We can go to one of the rooms, one of the bedrooms. Okay. So you go upstairs to one of the rooms. You're all in there together. Okay. Um, gentlemen, something came to mind while uh, Mr. Steele was out. Um, it just came to me. Uh, get a little coffee in me and uh, start thinking. Um, when we were looking at Julius's stuff there, did any of you remember seeing that book he was reading? That uh, German book? I didn't particularly look for it. Didn't occur to me. Neither did I. Neither did I. But uh, I mean, I know we were fixed on the statues and stuff. But it just kind of occurred to me here that uh, you know, was the is the book still amongst his uh, belongings? Um. Well, if you went back and looked for it, yes, you would find it there. Okay. All right, Harlow. You were wanting to talk about the book, uh, the the one that I read, I think, or or looked through. It was very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I happen to buy the book, pull it out. Uh, keep it. Don't want it. Put it back in. <laughs> I had a, I had a re, uh, look over it. I was hoping to read it here uh, this evening before bed, but with everything going on and after what little I read of it, I uh, didn't feel too inclined to uh, touch it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty gruesome. And then I go into the whole tale of, what the book describes and stuff as best I can without trying to totally freak out, but keeping to the points of uh, what we, what was revealed last, last game session that was in the book. And this yeah. was the book with the cannibalism in it, right? Like the woodblock. Yeah. Yes, it was. And it's very interesting and uh, odd. I've, can't say I know too much about the whole cannibalistic thing, but this is very much more than just cannibalism. It's all, it goes into something very occult. Does, does the book describe where it's from? You know, like what country or area or anything like that? Is it anything to do with here or is it just a strange no, book? No, but it does have to deal with the Spanish. Uh, and the and uh, span and certain Spaniards, uh, Spanish explorers coming in contact with uh, this uh, native tribe that uh, has this very ritualistic, uh, cannibalistic uh, sort of thing going on that goes above and beyond just you know what you'd expect. You know the you know natives out there would would be into in the way of. Um, of uh, you know, stuff in regards to war, just plain food uh, aspects. It goes into very much a ritualistic thing in uh, in uh, with occult ties. Uh, where where are these people from? You mentioned you mentioned uh, the Spanish, but it sounds like uh, these indigenous people were uh, were not the same people as the Spanish. They, the Spanish somehow met these folks. Yes, um, 
yeah, I don't remember the details there, Tom. Um, but uh, I, I'm I think going to what, what I think it was sailing the, the South Seas. Yeah. The Spanish did a lot of seafaring. But this, uh, I mean, I'm not an expert of cannibalism in the South Seas, but what little I've picked up on in my studies, uh, this is something rather unique, I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is all, you know, kind of, kind of been listed before under various different tribes and stuff. But this is, uh, this is something totally different from what I'm gathering. Well, cannibalism in itself wouldn't, isn't unique and has been cited around the world with a variety of different cultures and definitely for different reasons, whether that was because of uh, sustenance reasons or uh, their religious practice. Uh, in, uh, does, and you're saying in this case, though, it sounds like it's more of a ritualistic cannibalism. So it's tied to their, their spiritual beliefs. Yeah, but it's something darker I, from what I've been reading more along the lines of uh, not necessarily just religious beliefs, but more of a personal gain um to to uh, expand on what you're saying mm -hmm. the uh the illustrations in the book are incredibly graphic and they don't just deal with the preparation of dead human beings but um how to correctly slaughter them and and there's a lot of things that, that really border on torture. The people look like they're alive when they're being vivisected. So they're they're terrifying. They're terrifying illustrations. So these folks were not volunteering for this as part of the process. No, and it like just it. and it just seems like uh, from what I've read in these illustrations. It's, you know, the ritual is to actually not instill fear, to generate fear and the, you know, the awakened fear of vivisection as part of it, as if fear is a big component to the process. And so, do you think the Spanish that are mentioned in the story have anything to do with the Spanish that found this town or are we just talking coincidence there? I can't tell, really, but, I mean, with all the weird stuff we're going on, can we say there's a coincidence? But then again, having a book like this out in the open in uh, this place, I mean, I'd say it's more of a coincidence, but at the same time, what's to say some aspects of this uh, one way, shape, or form haven't uh, filtered into uh, what's going on here? Tom, did we see more... I, I think you said we did, but can you can you re remind me? Did we see more evidence of this Asian Balinese type culture beyond the statues themselves? Weren't there other trinkets that we came across that were kind of of a similar kind of art style? Yeah, maybe um, from from the same area. Are there um, any? Go ahead. I was going to say, are there any similarities between the statue and the other things that we saw and it? the the type of art used in the book or symbolism used in the book the art used in the book definitely has that same sort of spanish gruesomeness to it and they're um they're all woodcuts in the book um rather detailed woodcuts um 
they don't really look Asian at all. But uh, so the manufacturer of the book was probably by the Spanish, not by the native or someone ingrained in the native culture. Well, it's not even sure whether it is written by the Spanish. It's all written in Latin. Okay. Um, and there's no there's no title to the book. Um. Do a an I uh, who's got Latin? Somebody do a Latin roll. I do. Uh, success, but not extreme. Well, something sort of sticks in your mind that uh, it's difficult to interpret some of the, the Latin. It's not easy Latin. But what you might be thinking for South Seas might also possibly be Asia. There's, there might be references here that are more Asian places. Um, though you're not sure whether the Spanish had access to Asia at the time the book was probably written, which is probably a few hundred years ago. It's difficult. It's difficult. P Professor, I've got a bit of a suggestion. It might, might just be a long shot. Um, do you remember we were in the library and there was a room... I think it was number two, which was a private, um, private research room. And uh, the father Alonso, I'm sure, told us it was the Diaz family's room for their research. I'm wondering if you could use this book, seeing as you've you've bought it anyway, um, to hopefully catch somebody going into that room, one of the family members maybe, doing their research, because I'm positive i saw the books very similar to the one that julius was carrying um and kind of strike up a conversation and and ask if they can tell you anything about that book in particular just to get maybe inside the diaz family's brain see if we can get something it's just a long shot but you know just I... feigning feigning the interest well you have the interest anyway in these kind of subjects so um, it might be a point of contact, you know. Yes, but uh, not to shoot it down, but if there's some stuff going down here, I um, I don't know if they the, these guys are going to be coming out very much. If there's somebody here who's up to no good, I don't see them wanting to stick their heads out into any areas where we're at. I don't think they want to be interacting with us yeah or give um, us an you know give us an, ex as, an excuse to to bug them as i say it was a long shot you know true, I just if, true. if they've got whoever whoever it is that uses that room on a regular basis uh the book the room is full of these kind of books you know so it's like an obsession mm -hmm. but anyway it's just a thought well it's a thought to keep in mind just in case if the opportunity arises but um i, I think i, I think don't know. A we need to find this something to do with this shepherd's barn, or I need to find this uh, James Whitlock in the town, wherever it is he's scampered off to. Well, well I, I think the library might have clues to where we could find the shepherd's barn at, maybe an older map or something of the town, or, or in the, maybe it was Ken that you, you suggested to, uh, I'm sorry, Sam, that you suggested that uh, perhaps even uh, Father Alonzo would know. 
but yeah. I think we could probably figure that. I'm, I, I think I got a good feeling that we can figure that one out where that's at or at least what direction to head off in. Well, that's why I'm just a detective and you're a professor. That's a good idea. I agree, but uh, something to keep in mind, gentlemen, that the sheriff is going to be looking for us to be heading out of town here pretty soon. And um, if we stick around here, we could definitely incur some trouble that we don't want. Uh, may I suggest something? Go ahead. Yeah. How about we move our base of operations to somewhere else, but stick close to the town? We've got plenty of camping gear and uh, and supplies in in our uh, in our uh, Model T out there. Uh, why don't we go find a place close by, but uh, a way out of out of the town, and then do our investigations like of the Shepherd's Barn and the area without. Um, rousing more uh, ire of the uh, law enforcement here. Yeah, Make them think that we're out of, the, out of the area and not causing any problems, and then we can, on our own leisure, um, poke around. And since I've been getting along with the sheriff and, uh, and, and uh, some of the other people around here, maybe if we need to investigate the town more, maybe I can come into here and... Uh, work things over, maybe smooth things out in case we need to come back and have maybe one or two of us come in, back in to poke around will be a lot less um, stressful on the situation as well, opposed to uh, everybody. Well, well, if this barn's ab abandoned, maybe that's somewhere we can hang out or the, uh, the, the, the cliffside uh, dwellings that are, you know, have been long abandoned could be another place that we'd have, you know, easy shelter at. I, I'd say let's go with the, the cliff, cliff dwellings, and then from there, it's pretty much an easy uh, ride or an easy walk out to wherever we need to go in the area. And uh, just kind of kind of take some of the heat down and let it calm down a bit. And um, and then uh, we can uh, we can take it from there. And if nothing else, since Jul Julius is gone, um, I can give the sheriff an uh, indication that we're going to be talking with uh, his family and people in uh, in Albuquerque, and we may be uh, myself and maybe someone from the Albuquerque Police Department will be back to to have a look into what's going on with Julius. But at the same time, we can conduct our own investigations out here and get information so that if there is something nefarious going on, we have something to go on that. I can call my contacts in from, from Albuquerque to come down and maybe we can get some backup on this, but we need some solid information before I can do that. I'll definitely be more comfortable just sleeping out on the land than sleeping, uh, sleeping in this town any day. I'm sorry. I tried to type it in and it didn't come through the, the cliffs are the cliffs dwellings are about 20 miles away. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's about an hour drive, right? Yeah, down the winding road back yeah. down. We, we, you guys, oh, I remember that. those winding. I got sick coming up here from there. Yeah. Well, we can all, we can always find a good campsite nearby, and uh, and if for some reason the sheriff or or you know even better on our our, our part one of the <clears throat> forest rangers comes by, we can let them know that hey, look, we're uh, we, we decided to kind of hang out here and we can take things from there, but we won't be aggravating the situation here in Castro Negro. But we're but we'll be a lot more open without having the sheriff breathe, breathing down our necks to uh, look around on things. 
maybe not to the going to the cliff drawings, but just close enough so that we're away from the town, but close enough to conduct further investigations. And especially with the shepherd's barn, I'm interested in the shepherd's barn uh, lead. This might this see where where that takes us, because um, if our handyman friend is uh, that scared about it. Uh, that might that that might prove a uh, uh, fruitful bit of investigation there. I think it's a good idea, you know, uh, as you say, to get the heat off. The only my only concern is that if we disappear and then we come back, you know, if we're seen snooping about the town again, then that's going to be kind of a bit strange. But, uh, I mean, from the way you were talking, Harlow, it sounded like you got on reasonably well with the sheriff. So I did. Some, so somebody was going to stay around the hotel for a while longer. So you've got access to the town. Um, probably you would be the, the man to communicate a bit more with the sheriff. I don't think yeah. he particularly liked me. Um, I don't mind roughing it, camping out, whatever, for two or three nights. It would let me snoop around a bit round about the Diaz property maybe and if I think um, the other professor's idea of going to the library is a good idea though let's find out where the shepherd's barn is at least yeah well, I'd be willing to point, if, we, if, we, if we want to come in by foot at night I mean it, maybe we stay out towards the north side of town instead of the south side towards the the dwellings maybe we go out past the Diaz if there's a main road that leads north out of town then, then we'd have an easier way of um, coming in under cover at night. Yeah, and there's there's pl plenty of forestry around, you know, so we can camp in amongst the, the woods. To clarify what you just said, are you thinking about camping north of town, closer to the Diaz house? If there is a road that would allow us to go beyond the Diaz is out of town. So that coming back into town on foot, we would first reach the Diaz's before we'd reach the town. You're pretty sure that the road just goes to the Diaz. Okay. Uh, There's not another major road kind of going past there, I know. Past the vault, no. Castronacro is basically the end of a uh, the end of a, a road, and then there are little little roads going out of it to the various farms and homesteads and things. So probably the best chance of being undercover would literally be in amongst uh, the wooded areas. Yeah, we just need to find a place, to, safe place to pull a decent way off the road so car isn't seen and people just know we're sitting there. And a car on the side of the road in a place like this is going to be pretty obvious. People are going to remember it, you know, at least be able to identify us by that vehicle. Well, and well, if... Uh, and if we're out in the woods and stuff there, nobody's going to really, unless we're doing something quote unquote nefarious in our own part, nobody's going to bother us because we could always put it off. We're on our own business doing current stuff. Um, I mean, as long as we're away from the town, not causing any trouble. If on a, on a good, you know, on a good level, I don't see why anyone would bother us because we are in the national forest. This is public property around the town and out outside the Diaz in the Castro Negro area. We're not trespassing. What's Dr. Hisney say? 
Uh, I'm wondering, is it the next day yet? I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. Um, my good friend Godfrey is, is missing. I don't feel like we're making any headway. I, I feel like one of us needs to make a decision. We need to start doing something active. Somebody mentioned a library. Should we go library? Yeah, I'm for yeah. that. Yeah, I definitely want to go that. there. Yeah, I, I think that might be our the easiest way to find out where that homestead is. Well, it's still really early in the day, so, so let's let's pack all our bags. Let's go to the library, and then from there we can either go right to the shepherd's barn, or we could go and set up our campsite. Okay, well, I, like I, I've got a suggestion. I've got a suggestion. You guys are good at the books, so why don't you check out the library, and I'll I'm going to scour the town and see if I can find this James, who ran away. Okay. Uh, just... I'll go ahead and talk with the the sheriff just to make sure that Julius hasn't uh, popped in and is in the is in the uh, drunk tank right now. Okay. Just to be and clear, then I'll meet you at the library. Just to be clear, Harlow, did you take Julius's book or did you leave it in his room? I I've left it so far. Okay. All right. Um. It takes, well, well we're going to skip like ahead an hour. Um, Sam, you've pretty much walked all the way around the town. You've, you've glanced down alleys. You've looked for any signs of, of a struggle or blood or anything like that. You haven't really seen anything. Um, uh, you go to the, li those of you who go to the library, um, you're able to find an old uh, sort of survey map of the surrounding area. And it doesn't say Shepherd's Barn, but there is definitely, um, there's definitely like a farm just south of the, uh, of the town. Now, I should explain, there's a main road coming in from downhill uh, up into that. That's the road that you guys came into town on. Um, then there's the main part of the town, a couple of loops, and then there are little roads. If you look like if you if you were standing at the church and you look uh, south, um, there's in between two buildings. There's a little road going out of town. That's probably heading to that farm. There's only the one, and then there's a little road, you know, heading east, and a little a few little roads heading north. Um, and then one at the end of Diaz Avenue that goes to the Diaz ranch or house. Um, so you really can't get lost. There's not many choices for how to get to any place. So even though that now you sort of see here's where that barn probably is, there's just the road. It's not like branches or anything. You know what I'm saying? Simple. It's country. It's in the country. <clears throat> and it doesn't look that far off. So we can so drive most of the way there then? Right well, you the can road, probably walk there. It's probably only half a mile or so. Oh. Uh, all right. I. Uh, okay. 
I, I actually, uh, you know, you said when we first got into town, we saw a couple of other native people here that were uh, openly carrying weapons. Were they carrying shotguns or rifles? Uh, shotguns. Yeah, rifles, probably. Okay. That's something I normally would have been extremely apprehensive about just uh, because of the time period. Uh, but if that seems to be somewhat normal around here, uh, I'm going to want to go through Mr. Lane's stuff really quick because he had originally offered that we could use some of the weaponry he had. From what I remember, he was pretty loaded down. And, and I want to see if I can find a, a shotgun or a rifle to take with us. Did he bring all of that with him? He said he had it with him, yeah. Um, all right, you find a shotgun that he's got in it. It's a, it's a, it's a really good one. Okay. Then I grab some shells, I'm assuming, then. Okay. And actually, in this day and age, in this part of the country, everybody carried guns. <laughs> Never when they'll know when those Apaches are going to come out of the woods. And well, well, that's exactly it. And I don't want to be mistaken for one of them, <laughs> for for a hostile native. Um. So, uh, that's what you were looking for at the library. So you you've you've got some general directions where things are. There are, of course, other farms around, but uh, not to the south. I don't know, guys. This one sounds pretty nefarious, and we know where, right where to find it here. I, uh, I think we should go and check it out. Let's go, okay. yeah. All right. So, and you're just going to walk, I assume. So, um. You're heading south. Well, wait, isn't our intent those that uh, we're leaving the hotel to go camping? Oh, you guys. Yeah. So should we, are we packing everything up? Is that the idea? We're going to take the car and what are we going to do with Julius's stuff? We're going to leave it here? In case he comes back. No, I'm going to pack it up and put it in the car. Okay. Yeah. And I'm also going to, I'm also going to take uh, his book, his German book, uh, or, or Godfrey's German book, German book and, Put it amongst my stuff. Okay. And then <clears throat> all we need now is to find Mr. Steele, and then we can be on our way. Okay. While you're looking for Mr. Steele, I'm going to go ahead and touch base with the sheriff and then uh, let him know that we're heading out of town and uh, and uh, we still haven't been able to find uh, Julius. Um, I am not going to mention, unless you guys really want me to, I'm not going to mention the uh, bloody handkerchief at this time to him. Uh, we might be able to bring that up later, but uh, I want to just kind of keep things on a on a level here. Ford, Ford, you just went all Dalek on us again. Okay, am I better now? Nope, Dalek-y. Exterminate. <laughs> that sounds fine. All right. All right. All right. Uh, but yeah, and I'm gonna just touch base with the uh, with the sheriff. And uh, all right. Um, so the sheriff tells you that he's going to have a look around town again in the daytime, um, and uh, that he's going to keep his eye out. But he thinks your friend probably has left town because it's no not problem. that big of it's not that big of a town. And yeah. He um, says, 
says that the that the worst he could have wandered off into the woods and gotten lost and that's a bigger problem because mm -hmm. we don't know which direction that he wandered off into right well we're going to we're going to head out for now um kind of kind of look around uh some of the surrounding area for him and then we'll probably be heading heading on our way um uh if if need be, I'll, I'll probably come back here and uh, check in. Uh, but um, yeah, we're still we're, we're still going to be keeping an eye on things. Uh, if there's any further developments, I will I will uh, bring you information, sir, as to how things are going. Um, but um, we're going to we're going to we're for for right now. We're just going to head on out and, and well, I hope, guys. I hope you find your friend. I hope so too. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, uh, if nothing else, we'll go down to Silver City and contact the Forest Service and, uh, see if we can get, a for, uh, Forest Rangers in on, on looking for, uh, for Julius out there. And we'll also look on our contacts, see if we can track down, uh, where, if he went out of town, where he went to and how he went out. So we'll make sure that he's all right. All right. So you guys all meet up. And you're uh, you're across from the across from the church, and you you start on this little windy road that heads off into the woods in that direction in the, in in a southerly direction. Um, I would like uh, Sam to do an idea roll. success okay you guys are walking along and you're sort of quietly uh chatting to one another about what your plans are and what you're going to do and as you're doing so and now you've just you've just left the town and uh you've walked maybe 300 or so feet and sam suddenly stops and looks back at the town and you can see the church and uh you know, a few of the buildings through the woods, up above the, the woods. And it suddenly occurs to you, you start going over in your mind, going up the stairs and up into that, that tower. And you think that the statue up there was pointing in this general direction. Yeah, guys, uh, you know, remember the statue in the tower? It was this this way. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't don't know. But we're we're going in a way the statue is pointing. So we're headed towards death. That's. Yeah, oh. sounds exciting. Yeah, gentlemen. Um. I'm going to go ahead and stick with the car while you guys go out and check this out just to make sure our stuff doesn't get uh, uh, looked through. And if necessary, move the car closer to the, to the, to the road uh, for a pickup if we have to, to get out in a hurry. And okay, if you need so me, I'll be right is, here. Hmm? Where is the car? Are you bringing the car or not? Yeah. 
right? It's a very narrow road. Um, probably meant for a horse-drawn cart, not for cars. But um, well, I'll take it as far as we can. But I'm going to offer to stay with the car to keep an eye on things on this end so that our well, stuff doesn't get. Okay, you can drive the car. Um, maybe a third of a mile and the the road is heavily overgrown with weeds and things like that and it's very ruddy it's very uh when it turns to mud it's it's got deep ruts in it so there comes a point where it's just ridiculous for your car you could walk faster it doesn't look like the road is used very much Okay, if this is a really narrow road that we've just brought the car down, does that mean we're going to have to back it out to leave here? Actually, probably yes. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll back the car out and uh, go to the head of the road and put it as out of the way as possible and keep an eye on things. Um, and then if you need me, uh, so just send one of you over here and then we'll uh, take it from there. But I'd kind of like to keep have, keep an eye on things while you guys are snooping about, just so that our way out of town is not uh, damaged, shall we say, in case of something nefarious is going on. All right. So the rest of you head down the road, and the woods are fairly thick on either side. And there's a couple places as you're going where you see trails going off into the woods uh just foot trails small foot trails um but after about a half a mile or so down into the woods you see where the woods start to clear and there is an old overgrown farm um not a big one uh the house uh that was there looks like it's in dilapidation uh, there's not much left besides uh, a chimney made out of brick. And beside it is a barn that is also in pretty pretty bad damage. Um, it's, not, it's not caved in or anything, but it looks pretty old. There are missing pieces of wood in the, in the, the roof. The weather vane is gone. And... Uh, it looks it looks pretty old, um, but I'd like you all to do a spot hidden as you're you're walking towards it. Success, nineteen out of twenty-five. Anybody else? I failed. Okay. Well, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Haston, as you're walking, you immediately notice, you're like, um, all of the vegetation near the barn for about 100 feet on all directions looks like it did over by the vault. It's all twisted and bent and dying and... It looks very, very strange. There are trees nearby that are literally twisted, almost like they look like they're growing in agony. 
I definitely point this out to the rest of the group that the uh, the ground is wiped out just like yeah. over by the vault. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It looks poisoned or something. Yeah, I think it's been tainted. Did you say it's Can just I... a barn, or is there a house nearby? The house is is completely dilapidated. There's the only thing that's remaining remaining of the house intact is the chimney. The rest of it is all caved in and fallen down. Just a pile of rubble. Without doing any sort of like tracking roll, I'm just curious, does it look like there are worn paths to this barn or like is everything overgrown? I mean, except for the dead area. Go ahead and do a spot hidden for me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. As you're standing there and you're looking, you look down at the ground, you're, you're looking down at the ground, and you are pretty sure there's some fresh, mostly fresh, footprints in the, the what, 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 during wet weather would be mud mm -hmm. uh, that are there. So they could be a month or so old, but there's definitely some, some uh, bare feet and there's definitely, and I don't mean bears, I mean bare feet, bare human oh. feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's definitely some shoed feet. And there's, and some of the bare feet almost look like there's nail imprints, like the person had big toenails. And uh, with that spot hidden, which was really extreme. You're also pretty sure you see at least one set of prints that has a cross shape in the heel. Like it was a pair of boots with a cross carved in the heel. Mm -hmm. It's on before. I'll be sure to point this out there, everybody. Jeez, well, there's a connection with David Lane. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not just the the somebody's wearing there's no strange boots, but we've got the boot shoes possibly and bare feet exactly the same prints that were at David Lane's place. And it fits with James's story. Yeah, that, that people yeah. are coming out here. It's not just an abandoned barn. It's people are coming out here. And he he also said people go missing all the time. Mm -hmm. So. I dig around the ground a bit to see if, you know, this whole bizarre blackened vegetation, is it, does the ground look black or poisoned or off? The, the actual earth itself, is there something wrong with it? Yeah, is it like salted or something? You don't see any foreign material. It just looks like everything here is growing wrong. And you have a very, very bizarre feeling about this very uneasy feeling and everybody can do a listen roll fail pass regular right anybody else fail i mean anybody else pass i failed by three but i'm willing to put some luck on it okay dr hisney you're standing there and the first thing that you notice is you do not hear any insects or birds of any kind. And the dead silence 
is very unnerving once you realize that there's no sound. But wait, there, there is a sound. There's something way off in the distance, something at first you thought that maybe it was the wind just whipping through the angles in the trees, but it sounds almost like music, like like somebody playing a flute, only there's no melody to the flute. It's just random, weird, almost whippoorwill-like noises, but they're very faint and very off in the distance. And they make you feel very strange, like kind of that flight sort of instinct, like this is so freaking weird, you want to run. <laughs> but you're an adult, so you don't do things like that. <clears throat> when you say distance, it's not coming from the town that we just came from, right? No, it's it's... You're not really sure where it's coming from, but you didn't hear it until now, until you're close, you're getting closer to the barn. You guys are, are, are right on the edge of the dead zone, and you're not sure. You feel weird about stepping into it. You know what I mean? Because it's so strange. Gent gentlemen, a strange thought... Uh... The dead vegetation up at the tomb was in a place where there's a obviously a space or a passage or a or a cave or whatever it is that the tomb's built into the uh, I think it was built into the side of the the hillside. Mm -hmm. Could there could there be something stored in the tomb back there at the the Diezes? Could there be something stored here? that's damaging the ground or it's maybe worth digging about i know it's a bit weird we've got tools back in the the truck we brought the camping tools and i'm sure the professor's loaded up some uh some spades and things like that i don't know if it's worth just having a dig about yeah we did have some excavation gear there but <laughs> i mean we got a barn here we could just walk over and, and, and look inside i'm I mean, what if yeah. you know Mr. Lane's in there and he's hurt? I, I, I think, uh, I think we're here right now. Let's just go over there and open the door. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right. Um, you're seventy-five feet away, then you're fifty feet away, and as you're getting that close, you can see there is a big padlock and a chain on the door, holding it closed. Hmm. I'd also like you to do a spot hidden. Fail. Fail. Regular success. If you succeeded, what you notice is towards the side of the barn that the that the the area of of twisted um I called it the dead zone. Um is not a regular shape it's it's odd uh and that there is a place where you can definitely see a trail that's going up to a nearby hill uh in the woods that also seems like everything is twisted in that direction it looks different than the 
It looks like a trail. From the barn leading up? From the, the barn up up the, the hill, near, the nearby hill. It looks like the top of the hill is probably only about, oh, a quarter of a mile away. And this is it's covered with woods. Yeah, woods, okay. All right, I'll mention that too. Um, okay. This is the weirdest place. Do you think I should go back and get Harlow? If, if we're going to, if, if, are we anticipating checking the barn out and then going up the hill? What do you think? It would take you about five minutes to get back to Harlow with, you know, a slight jog. What do you think? Or should we just leave him? Let's check the barn first and then we can decide. All right, let's do that. We're right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, you go up to the barn and um, the padlock is fairly new. Maybe a is few years old. Is it kind of reminiscent of the similar kind of design as the one up at the Diaz's property? Yeah, similar. But that's not really that unusual. Hmm. Standard. They're not, the, the Diaz's are not lock manufacturers. So. Have okay. I heard any other sort of noises here? I mean, I, I don't think I heard the, 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 the flute, but have I heard anything that would suggest uh human voices or activity or you know movement inside of the barn other than this occasional slight breeze um you hear nothing no birds no insects but go ahead and do a uh, listen roll for me if you ask. it's a success all right so now as you're standing there um you suddenly sort of like this and you can hear what sounds like a flute playing. Uh, do you, you two hear that, that, that flute? You can all roll, well, except for his, and he already hears it, but the rest of you, if you want to roll listen rolls, if you pass, you can, as long as, as, long as he points it out, you can hear it. Yeah, I definitely hear it. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah, I hear it too. Is it coming from... I got a zero three there. Is it coming from the barn, or is it coming from further away? You can't really tell. It sounds like it's off somewhere. Or, yeah. or muffled, or... It's just not that distinct, and you only hear it intermittently. Well, it's not Coca Pelli. There's got to be somebody out here. At this point, I'm, I'm just like, Hey, who's there? Mr. Lane, are you out here? Nothing. No sound. I want to break this pad. pad yeah, is there a rock or anything around we can use to, to bust this thing? A big stone? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, uh, go ahead and do a, a strength roll. Whoever is going to hit it with a rock. And tell me what your score is. It's it's a fail. I okay. I, I, I was not horribly over, but I was, I was a good deal over. Here, Mister Haston, give, give me 
Give me that stone, I'll show you how to do this. And I got a zero nine. Okay. That's how you do it. <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> All right. Um the the padlock breaks open. Okay, let's go in, guys. Flashlights on. I take I take a gun out, just I'm not expecting anybody to be here, but the whole eerie atmosphere and all that, just take, take a pistol out, get the flashlight on. Yeah, safety's off on the shotgun. Yep. Okay. Now, you are coming into the barn from the... Um, uh, you're coming into the barn from the west side of the barn. You're coming in this way. And um, it's not right in the dead center of the barn either. It's kind of over to the side. When you when you when you uh, open up the barn doors, it's pretty much empty except that there are a bunch of crates over in the east corner, the the southeast corner of the room. Um, you look up at the ceiling, and there are definitely missing rafters and stuff. And it's not as, uh, it still looks like it's pretty decent construction, but it's not, it would have to be completely repaired to make it back into a barn. Uh, I'd also like you to do a spot hidden. Success. Fail. Um, Fail. Success. The ground, the ground inside the barn is covered with rotting, rotting hay. Um, but there are a few places where there, there isn't any hay and there's dust and dirt on the ground and you can see more footprints that match the some barefoot, some with shoes. Um, uh, and so you're standing just inside the door. And so from where you're standing up ahead of you and a little to the to the right are piles of crates. How large are these crates? Oh, they probably look like they used to hold potatoes, you know, so maybe about two feet by two feet by two feet, we'll say. Okay, so produce crates, not something that you would have refrigerators in. Correct. Okay. Uh, and they're, I, just, I, they're sort of, they're not stacked neatly. They're, it's a pile. Uh, does it look like they're still closed, or do they look they've already been opened up? No, they're just empty crates, it looks like. Empty crates. But they're piled uh, up three or four high. crates high. Swing the flashlight about just to get a good look. Um, now, there's quite a bit of light coming in at, okay. just naturally. Okay. Kicking about the hay, you know, near the footprints, is there, is there anything else of interest in terms of just noticing some scuffling prints about so you're walking around the barn yeah yeah all right um you notice more footprints here and there uh eventually uh you sort of work your way around uh, uh to where you're you're passing by the crates and around the other side and what you see on a, a couple of upturned crates are a couple of piles of 
folded cloth. Like clothes or something, but they're all the same color, kind of a dark grayish black. I go over and grab them and open it up to see what it's what it actually is. Um they look like robes of some sort. Uh, show them to the professors. What do you think of this, guys? What what is this? Um Michael? Uh, they look like um, some sort of ritualistic cloak, you know, like uh, monks would wear or something like that. Um, there are, are six they, of them. Are they embroidered with any sort of symbols? No, or nothing. Any other markings? No, they're fairly simple, plain. <laughs> Did you see, Tom, there were six of them? Uh... Do you, want, do you want a new, a new bit of apparel, gentlemen? One each. Take one from for Harlow. <laughs> what the heck? Is there anything at all in the crates, Tom, or under the crates, or, or is it just sitting there like that? Yeah, I want to help um, me move some of them around. If he's, if, yeah, I want to nudge some of those around. Well, the next thing that you find, um, standing, uh, actually kind of behind the crates, but a little bit hidden. Um, there are two um, threshing sickles. They're poles with sickles, just like the ones the the, the thing up in the, the tower is holding. And uh, your best assessment is that they might be actually made out of silver. At least wow. the blade part. Um, you also find... Uh, a couple of those little idols. Three of them. Are they kind of positioned? Uh, they're just sort of uh, setting there with uh, where the other things were. Shall we rename this town the City of Death? <laughs> Okay, so two and two makes four, right? So we've got some ornamental. Is there on the silver sickle? Is there any signs of blood or marks or anything like that, or does it look like more like an ornament? Um, they're definitely scratchy, so they've been used. But um, are there stains on them? Maybe, maybe, maybe those are stains. If they are, they're old. Maybe they're rust, but they don't look like rust. Maybe there's something else. Um, do another spot hidden for me. That's a fail. Fail. Did anybody pass? Come on, Jeff. Another fail. 80. We're all just failures. <laughs> all right. Um, at this point, you can hear that flute playing is a little louder. And it seems as if 
it's definitely louder somewhere in this room. Now, it's mostly just a big old empty room. Do I see any sort of like weather hatch for like a storm, uh, storm room underneath? You know, like maybe what a uh, used for tornadoes or something like that, or, or a root cellar. Do a do another spot hit. I got that right on the nose. Twenty five to twenty five. Okay. Um, you're sort of wandering around, and <clears throat> you've you've already found some things, and so you're 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 looking. You start to move some of the crates uh, out of the way, and you realize that there may be a trap door underneath the crates. You see an edge. Hey, hey guys, it looks like there might be a door under here. This could be where that, where, the, where, that, where that flute's coming from. It, does it seem louder once I get next to that edge? Yes. Seems a what little louder over here, too. What did you say, Jeff? I was actually suspecting that. I was thinking in the back of my mind that I wonder if there's a tunnel leading from here to the tomb that we saw on Diaz's property. Well, if, if the music's, I just say quickly, you know, if the music's getting louder, we better be careful because somebody might be coming to the door. So let's kind of back off a bit, get your guns ready. How far to... is it from this hatch back to the door we came through? Well, about 50 feet. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look at outside before we, if, would you guys want to try to open this hatch? Go ahead, I'll, I'll keep you covered all right well i was going to suggest maybe we do a quick glance outside too before we open it just in case anything okay. or anybody else decided to come down after us okay well, you, you uh, do that okay you, you take a look outside you look around and it's just as as soundless and dead as it was before and as you get to the door and you're standing there from that perspective you're pretty sure that sound is coming from inside the barn sure so well, I wasn't so much, yeah, I wasn't so much thinking that the sound was coming from there, just that the, you know, just in case someone was coming up from behind and we're getting ready to go down and in. I understand, but I, I'm just telling you that you noticed that at the same time. And you don't Thanks, see Tom. anybody coming or anything like that. Um, All right. Now, the hatch is fairly large once you start to move the crates. Sam, I'm going to need your, uh, your strong shoulders here to help lift this, I bet. Is, is there a sense, Tom, that there's an increasing volume the whole time? Or was no. it just is but, it kind of increasing yeah. and undulating? If, if you were to pass a, a, a listen roll, you definitely are sure that the sound is coming from inside the hatch. Okay, coming guys. I don't, uh, what do we do? Do we have time to get heart? Uh, Harlow in this, or is somebody actually coming up a corridor or something like this? Well, well doesn't sound like it gets louder once we get there. It's pretty steady right at once we're next to the hatch, right? Correct. So it's not as though it's getting louder. Or seem right. it doesn't seem like it's getting louder and coming this way. It okay. still sounds like it's a ways away. Okay, I, I kind um, of got the impression. And once again, something. it would still take you only about five minutes to get back to Harlow. Okay. I, I give uh, his his name. Do you have a a weapon on you? I do. 
yeah, okay, right. I I say I'll jog back. I'll get Harlow and get him up here. I okay. think we need to be together. As an old man, I appreciate your jogging back. No problem. <laughs> Off Sam Harlow. goes. Harlow, are you going to come back with him? <clears throat> um, well, once he tells me what's going on, I'm going to... I, I, I figure right about now I've moved the car back uh, so that it's uh, we don't have to back it up. Okay. Um, I'm going to make sure the car's off the side, maybe put a little, you know, make sure the top's on it, make sure put a little brush on it to kind of make it as inconspicuous as possible in a, in a rush. That way, you know, okay. chances of them seeing it not there. And then I'm going to grab my, uh, make sure I have my pistol, my shotgun and flashlight and not all right. All right. So within 10 minutes, you guys are all together in the barn. And I think that we're going to leave it there. Standing over the trap door. <clears throat> all right. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our players included. Ken Trench, Jeff Wilkins, Ford Fitch, and Fred Carter with yours truly as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. We have a new patron, uh, Mark, I hope I pronounced your name right, Mark Grin, uh, has pledged $10 a month. So thank you so much, Mark. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.